Poopery, the original before you go toilet spray that has over 100,000 five-star reviews. It's always formulated with essential oils and plant-based ingredients that eliminate bathroom odor before it even begins. It's essential for our home. So many shared toilets with all the smells, plus it's female-founded and a Texas-based company. You know we love that. Yeah. <laughs> plus, if you have any upcoming travel, Poopery 2-ounce and the travel side 10 millimeters are TSA-friendly. The brand Puri also has many additional odor eliminators products for your homes, pets, shoes, and more. Visit www.puri.com for 20% off your first purchase. Just use code Bathroom Chronicles 20. So we have Jenna Kennedy here in the bathroom with us. <laughs> so Hi, hello. Yeah. Jenna, you want to share a few things about what you're up to, who you are, how, you know, I no. know you as no. I'm like, why don't you tell I me know. about me? Well, I <laughs> That's a good comeback. Well, let me see. You want, how deep do you want me to go? As deep as you want. Peggy's so. introducing for the first time. I know. And it's <laughs> giving me all sorts it. of anxiety vibes. And Kim's like, it's your process. So I'm like, wait, <laughs> that's a mountain I don't need to climb. Anyway, this is what I know of you. Besides being an amazing human and a good friend, I know you as an entrepreneur and someone who's really about women making money. And through all the methods that you have, I'm so excited to get into it. And I know that there's a little rags to riches kind of story that has manifested. And, um, and besides, you have got great brows and great <laughs> eyes and great hair. So what else, what else do I need to know? I mean, I can go deep, but let's just start with surface of what we we'll see. We'll get deeper. Exactly. We'll go there. We will yeah. definitely get we'll deeper. Yeah. So thanks for coming. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. So yeah, I'm Jen, Jenna, whatever you want to call me. And my work is centered around money, is centered around money is one of the most taboo things. It's like sex, right? Like everybody wants it. It makes the world go around, but nobody wants to talk about it. And there's so much shame and guilt and a lot of fear because we think that money is something that's outside of us because that's how we've been programmed and conditioned from our society. And my work is centered around coming, helping women come back home to their soul-led mission and like why we really came here, which really, I believe we all came here to change this world and make it a better place. And healing all that there is to heal around money and making it less about money and more about the mission. Because when we really live our soul-led mission, the money is really a simple thing to make. So what is your mission? My mission is just that, to help women come back home. Mm. You know, we, we really truly all came here for a reason. Yeah, Like we all came here with a mission to change the world. And that's why the world of entrepreneurship is so beautiful because we are breaking into, breaking away from an old paradigm and into a new one where we really can live our life's mission and our gifts. And I always call it our God-given mission that we were given and, and really come here and make this world different. And when we lead that way and we can heal all that there is to heal around money, we really truly can find the wealth and the, the richness and the abundance that everybody really truly desires deep down. Yeah. Well, what I, what I like about what you're saying is it's not just, it's, it's both dual, right? So mm -hmm. it's the both actually money, mm -hmm. which we need, which we have to have to mm -hmm. put food on the table and a roof over your head, but it's also then healing what doesn't allow for that abundance mentality to come in. So I'm curious about what you discovered on your journey that you can now share that really makes a difference for, for yourself first and then maybe for anybody else. Yeah. Growing up, we never, we never had any, anything, divorced parents and um, 
you know, mom, that single mom worked her tail off to, you know, try to give us what we wanted as kids. And I knew growing up that I wanted to help people. So the only, the only thing I knew what to do, how to help people when I was a kid was either become a nurse or a teacher. Mm. And cause it was really the two professions. If you wanted to help people, that's what you were raised, right? You can be a nurse or you can ha- or be a teacher. And I wouldn't have good bedside manner, I don't think. And so I, <laughs> and I'm not a fan of blood. So I chose teaching and because I love kids and, and I think kids are such a gift to this world and they teach us so much. I'm sure you would agree with that, <laughs> with having a few of them, both of you having a few of them. Um, so I became a teacher and knew immediately when I was a kindergarten teacher that it wasn't it. Mm-hmm. It's just, and this was years and years before a spiritual awakening even began, before I knew anything outside of myself. And immediately as my first, my first day as a kindergarten teacher, and I looked at these adorable little kids in front of me and just thought to myself, this is not it. Like I just went through <laughs> so much schooling, so many student loans. And like, this is not what I thought I was going to be doing the rest of my life. Oh my so God. immediately I went back to school to get my master's degree in leadership and administration. I was like, if I, if it, it just felt like bigger, I was like, so if it's not a classroom of 20 kids, maybe it's a school, right? Cause then you're going to mm-hmm. impact four or 500 kids a year. So I went back to school and got my master's and my ed specialist degree and, you know, worked up the ladders, you know, people tell you that you have to do in the world got my ed specialist degree, graduated with that. And I looked at my husband and I'm like, this isn't it. And he's like, what do you mean this isn't it? Like <laughs> oh you just God. spent really six and a half years of postgraduate training and degrees. And at the time I didn't want to take out more loans. So I was tutoring like 14 to 20 hours a week on the side. Wow. All with kids. And it was this day that I, he's like, well, what do you think it is? Is it being a superintendent? I'm like, no, I work with the superintendent. Like that's not it either. Cause it, throughout my career, I, I was only a classroom teacher for a year. Mm. And I was an interventionist and I worked with really, I coached teachers and how to actually learn how children process information. I worked with the lowest 10% in the school. And so the kids who struggled to learn like that you had deemed learning disabled or speech and language impaired, my job was to work with the kid, understand how the kid processes information. Cause that's really what learning is, especially at a young age. And there's typically traumas and other developmental delays that are stopping a child from being able to learn. And so my job was to get to know the kid, work one-on-one with them, learn how they process, and then help them learn, like teach them how they learn, and then go into this teacher and teach them how to teach the child. Wow. So the entire, you know, eight and a half years that I was a teacher, I was essentially fighting a system. I was fighting a system of school that says that this is how kids learn and this is how we best reach kids. And I knew something different, but I was fighting a school district and if you've never tried that, it doesn't work. If you ever tried to fight a system in this world, it doesn't work very well. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't until I was tutoring and I was actually tutoring girls after they left the kindergarten through fourth grade building that I was in. And it was interesting because I sat there one day tutoring this little girl in front of me. She was probably about 11 at the time. And I was like, well, when they were in school, they didn't have a hard time learning. Like I taught the boys who had a difficult time learning. And I sat there in front of this little girl And I was like, it's not an educational problem. It's self-worth problem. It's the fact that they go to middle school and they are now trying to form their identities based on friends and teachers and grades. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized that the impact that I thought I was making through the ages of kindergarten and fourth grade, like my impact was so minuscule. It was so small. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not meant to be everyone's favorite teacher. I'm meant to literally help women like have this self-worth and this power And in that moment, it was like, I was lost. I was completely lost because I had just gone through really, you know, undergrad and then postgraduate degrees 
thinking that I was on one career path and then sitting there being so lost and empty. And I'm like, well, what is it? I know that I've got this drive to help people, but I'm not helping the extent that I like, what is it? And I think that was probably the, the first moment in my life that I actually surrendered to something that was not me. And I was like, what is it? And all of a sudden I started, you know, on Instagram and I started finding people that were entrepreneurs and I'm from the Midwest. And this is like 2017, 16, 17, 18 and entrepreneurship, especially coaching was not a thing up, mm-hmm. up there. And I met a friend and I was like, what do you do for a living? And she goes, I'm an entrepreneur. And I literally didn't know what the word meant. I, I had to Google what an entrepreneur was. And if you try to Google the word entrepreneur and you don't know what it is or how to spell it, that's what I was doing. I was like, E or like O N T R. What is an entrepreneur? <laughs> and then I essentially just learned that I could help people doing it my way. And the, like the ways that I truly were finding passion to help people and I could just do it on my own. And so I left the school district 2019 and just started to help people the new, the, the way that I knew how we're speechless. We're like, <laughs> we're like wow. That, I mean, that's it, so it, powerful. It's, it's always interesting when I hear people that put this time into something that they don't end up utilizing, yeah. but in actuality, you end up weaving all of it so much as part of the tapestry to help support this thing that you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so in order to understand how to help somebody in a system, you have to understand the system. hundred percent. And that helped bring you to this point of realization. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, I can't help but listen to you and wonder about my own mission mm. and how I'm serving that mm-hmm. and how Peggy and I are doing that together. And it's also very female supportive. Mm-hmm. It's humanity supportive, yeah. but it, it's, it's just really beautiful what you're doing because Kids are going to school mm-hmm. and they're learning how to read and write and do math. But, you know, I have six kids mm-hmm. and all six of them are different in how they learn, how they take in and how they process information. Mm-hmm. And some of my kids are a little older. And I am also seeing how the most valuable things are not taught in the school system, literally, which is, you know, how to connect to your food, mm-hmm. how to value your body, which is your vessel in mm-hmm. this lifetime, how to listen to your heart, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. your body telling you, how to process an emotion. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like what are the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. if, if, if that's even such a thing and what it is that you do when somebody comes to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I realized all of those years when I was literally just understanding people, Yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. I was teaching kids how to read but I was really understanding how people work. Yeah. And being in the school system for as long as I, as I was and being in, in essentially in an, an administrative role, I started to realize that these kids from the age of five to 10, like that was the age that I worked with, they come into kindergarten and they're fully themselves. Mm. And then the system oh. forms mm. them into the way in which is best for the system. Like how, what's best for a teacher that has 20, 30 kids in front of them to Mm. act a certain way, not to think for themselves, not to even have sovereignty or power, not to even know how they best learn. I'm starting to choke. (laughs) You feel, wow. Right. It's like, it's, it's, it really is suffocating. And so when we, as adults want to look at our growth and our expansion and our learning and, and our unbecoming in order to become 
we get to realize that yes, this conditioning was started from childhood, right? Our, our parents mm-hmm. and our family, but really when you look at all of us and how we were raised, we were actually spent way more time being conditioned by a system versus our own family. And our, our family obviously played a massive role into it. And so the work now is understanding how so much of what we do and what we believe and how we think and act and feel is really because a system created us this way. And we can't really become who we're meant to become on this earth and really truly free ourselves and, and have our alignment with our, our God-given work until we actually realize so much of this and how I act and how I be and what I think and what I feel. And it, it was never actually mine. Mm. Like it, it wasn't mm-hmm. mine at all. It was, and I think as women, women, girls in school are very different than boys in school. Boys are the troublemakers. They're, they're the, the tough ones because they're not meant to sit still, right? Girls from a very young age, we learn you listen. And when you listen and you do what you're told, you are successful. You get the star, you I get the grade point average. Like she hasn't met Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. She's not met Gwen. And there is, I know there's a. <laughs> she, well, let's just first say that Gwen breaks all rules. Yeah, I She's didn't a star. No, much, it's great. All I was seeing is Gwen jumping right. off the walls. Yeah. But, but Gwen has probably never been in a system. Right. That's molded well, this her. This is true. This is also right. True. So like the true. day this that girls come into kindergarten, they are that like lively, like expressive, creative, mm-hmm. like wanting to play imaginative. And then they learn, wait a second, that's not going to get me the attention. That's not going to get me the grades. That's not mm-hmm. going to get me the, the star. That's not going to get me the 4.0 GPA. This is what will. And so from such a young age, we are conditioned as girls that we have to do a certain thing or act a certain way in order to get what we want. Because mm-hmm. we think that when we get what we want, we're going to feel some type of way. When you get the grade, when you get the, mm-hmm. I don't even, like Bella Victorian, whatever it is now, like when you get those things, then you're going to feel a certain way. You're going to feel successful. You're going to feel fulfilled. And until we can undo all of that, we're literally chasing something outside of us. And so I realized in my work now that, oh. that people do that as entrepreneurs, as coaches, as, oh. as people who have soul-led missions on this earth. We're like, but we're chasing the money like we used to chase the grade point average mm. and hoping that when we get the money, we're going to then feel powerful, fulfilled, happy within us. But we all know that nothing outside of us can fulfill what's within the journey is the destination. Yeah. It's the whole point. It's do, the whole point. Do you think that the um, that you have to have the fulfillment internally first before you get the external validation of the financial gain? Do you feel like, is, is it a chicken or egg? Like it doesn't matter or does one come before the other? I work with so many epic humans that like are doing such great things in this world and they really think that the money is going to give them the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And they chase it because again, that's the conditioning. They chase it only to get there and realize that one more zero was added and they're more numb than ever before. Or one more zero was added and they feel more lost than ever before. Cause they thought that Jen, the house- you're cutting out. Can you just pull the- Like this? The, yeah, pull it just a little bit underneath you so your voice goes, yeah. Like that? Like a little closer cause it keeps cutting out. Your voice does. And I don't want people to miss this. Daniel recut this out, so. Right here? Yeah. Is uh, that better, That's Daniel? better? Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, I'll just redo that then. Um, we start to chase the the dollar amount thinking that it's going to give us what's within. 
And so I think a lot of the trajectory of entrepreneurs or, or people who go through a spiritual awakening and, and start to create a business around that is there's a little bit of that fulfillment, but there's still the chasing. And then they get there and realize the fulfillment, it, it, it can't give us what's within. So I think there's a lot of shifting in the, in the consciousness right now of how can I find this fulfillment within and then let the money amplify the fulfillment. Because money really is an amplifier. Everything outside of us amplifies what's already within. So once you get the house and the money and the car and whatever else people are chasing, and then they're feeling lost or, or empty within, they then realize they have to go within. That the, the, the game was an inner game the entire time. And that once we have that happiness and that love and that fulfillment within, the external things can amplify that. And then that is real true fulfillment and a, the abundance that everyone is searching for. That's big. <laughs> If you just look at almost any person, all the conversations and the fights are in the chase of something. Literally. Mm-hmm. In the chase of something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's being understood, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's money, whether it's releasing trauma, mm-hmm. whatever it is, there's a chase behind it. Yeah. Instead of like just, I mean, I'm guilty here mm-hmm. of just being really able to just feel the deep peace mm-hmm. and allow that to just guide. Mm-hmm. And, and feeling it is almost a chase to say, I want to feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's wild yeah. when you get into it. And like the chase is where we forget our values because we're so worried about the chase yeah. that mm-hmm. we're not tuning in. We're not looking at ourselves to realize wait, I value love and relationships, but I'm willing to sacrifice it in this moment because of the chase. And when that happens, I mean, this is so much of our world is that people are chasing something and then letting go of everything that once mattered to them because they think that this thing is going to give them something, but it can't. That's true creation, true Mm. creation. I'm, I'm watching you and I'm I'm being rewired. (laughs) I'm watching um, true creation coming through what you're doing, Mm -hmm. which is these structures coming out of your body Mm -hmm. and helping everybody get restructured. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because true creation is a really channel of the heart and the body. And it just, it emerges and it's birthed and Mm -hmm. it's, and it's a natural happening. It's a natural birth. It's an energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so money is energy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is why people who win the lottery are broke a year or two later Mm because they don't have the energetic field to hold the energy. Yeah. So you have to have the internal energetic field to hold or manifest the abundance. Mm -hmm. So that's why it makes sense to me that you have to start from the inside out. Yeah. To, in order to hold a lot of money, yep. right? So, I, because I know it's easy for us to go to our head and go, oh, I want to make a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. But the inside of you is going, there's no effing way I can make a million dollars. I'm only making 30,000 this year. And then, you know, and you don't feel worthy of it or whatever. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is you start with the inside, the mm-hmm. unworthiness or whatever. So how do you, um, first of all, how, how, how did you transition? This is the first thing I want to know. How did you transition from working with little kids to adults, mainly women? And then what's like one of the first steps you do with, with your clients? Mm. So I transitioned, it wasn't right to what I do now. And that's what I love this journey of entrepreneurship, right? More unfolds within us as we mm-hmm. take the yeah. steps and we do it. Our next yeah. step is always revealed to us when we're 
actually moving. Mm -hmm. So at first I was helping women with their physical bodies. So I went through, I healed my, an eating disorder back in 2000 and 14, I had struggled, I had struggled with the eating disorder for about six years. And so, and I, and it was no different, not, not a, a very similar pattern to what I went yeah. through in so many different parts of my life, because we know that when a, a trauma's within us, it's just going to loop and show us in different ways. Mm-hmm. And when I finally, it was actually when I started to go through my master's degree, it was a, the first time in my life I actually went within. Mm. Right. So like growing up with a, with divorced parents growing up with, with both of my parents were alcoholics growing up. My dad has been sober for about 14 years now. And the moment he got sober, he took me to Al-Anon meetings and we're like, alcoholism. Wow. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Alcoholism is in both of your bloodlines. He's like, my mom died from it. Your, my grandpa um, on my mom's side had a massive heart attack when I was in the womb and alcohol wasn't claimed to be a part of it, but we know that it is. And he's like, here's the line. It's, it stops here. Like I'm choosing that it stops here. And so the moment that he got sober, I was in Al-Anon meetings with him and actually understanding addictive cycles. But at the same time I was struggling with an eating disorder, which was just an addictive cycle like alcoholism. And so it was during that time that I also went and got my master's degree. I also found the first time in my life, I actually worked out for myself Mm. not to lose weight, right? Because as women, what do we do? We yeah. work out to make our bodies look smaller because the societal structures, that's yeah. what we should do, right? And so during that time, it was a, a massive awakening of me coming home to myself and realizing my addictive tendencies with food were also my dad's addictive tendencies with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I could support, not really support, but be a part of his healing journey, which was also actually part of my healing journey. Did mm. your dad know that you had an eating disorder? No one quiet? in Nobody my entire knew. life knew. My wow. friends, the guy I dated at the time, no one, wow. no one knew. Um, later on, you know, when I healed my healed from it and came and my dad and I are so close, we do so much beautiful inner work together and so much healing together. He now realizes, you know, how much he actually was supporting me in that without wow. actually supporting me. But that was the first time those years of my life that I actually went in. And I realized that the confidence I've been trying to chase, the success I've been trying to chase, that it was, if I wasn't going within, like my external world can only grow to the extent that my internal world does. And so it was in that healing that I was like, I have a gift, you know? And I realized I didn't want to teach any, I mean, years later, I realized that teaching wasn't it. And I was like, I, I have this, I can help women with this. And what's funny is that I was doing CrossFit at the time and I'd go to the gym and a bunch of women randomly would come up to me and say, Hey, I've noticed some things with you. And, and I think I have an eating disorder. Do you think you can help me with this? <laughs> to the point where I didn't share this with anybody years oh later. My God. And I would sit at the gym and just help people. Like there'd be like women around me and I would just teach them about our emotions and why we do what we do with food and, and how we look for things outside of us to fulfill us and in healing and trauma and to the point where my husband would be like, we've got to go home. Like we've been at the gym for five hours. Like oh we need God. to go home. I'm like, but these people need help. And he's like, we need to go home. Okay. Like, and I got home one day and I said, I went to my husband. I said, I think I need to start a business. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, well, people are paying me. He goes, what do you mean people are paying you? I'm like, they asked me if I could help them. And I told them I could, and they're paying me. And he's like, yeah, so we need to start a business. And so <laughs> then I started to learn business and, and actually understanding coaching and everything. But it happened very organically that it was just now that you have this, you have to share it with people. And it literally was, I was a magnet. He kept saying, I feel like we go somewhere, a party, 
an event and you have across your head, like, tell me all your problems. I can help you because this is what was happening to me. And I just stopped and I realized like, this isn't, this is divine and this is what I need to do. So I started helping women with their physical bodies and really truly understanding their, their sovereignty and their power within their actual bodies and breaking free from the washboard abs and, and the the line in the arms and the legs and started helping women heal themselves and their relationship with food. And then when COVID hit, my business continued to take off. And a lot of my really good friends that I was in programs and masterminds with were, again, the same thing happened, which was, I need help. I don't know how to do this. And they were really running their business in a, I need to make this much money in a month. And, and I was running my business in a way of, this is this is a time that people need more help than ever before. And so a bunch of people started asking me for help. And I told my husband again, I I think I need to shift my business because now all these people are asking me to grow their business. And it's kind of went back similar pattern to when I was in the classroom where I was like, I could have my business where I help women, but if Mm -hmm. I can help people who have businesses that help women, then it's like me becoming the principal that actually can help even more people. Wow. (laughs) This is so beautiful. That's powerful. Wow. 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 I, one of my things that I really love is when somebody truly goes inside Mm. and they do the inside work, Mm -hmm. they don't have to find anything. They magnetize it. Literally. And it's that book that I have on my bookshelf that I haven't read because I feel like I understand it. (laughs) Well, Um, you talk about magnets all the time. It's power versus force, Mm. right? So force is the finding, the searching, the going for, and the power is... Which is also masculine, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Yes. So the masculine to go side out. of ourselves. It's that masculine mm. side of ourselves. Well, maybe the shadow masculine side. Because no. I mean, there I'm I'm learning right now. Mm-hmm. I'm restructuring my masculine side right mm-hmm. now in a very proactive way. And it doesn't feel like force at all mm-hmm. or finding. It feels like a very proactive structuring. Like mm-hmm. I recently had um two women come over and they literally helped me organize my emails. Mm. I was like, I, I am asking for the support system to support this business Mm -hmm. that has divinely come to me and I need technical structure Mm -hmm. like to support this. And I, I've been having babies. I'm not up to date on these things. So literally just organizing my email, Mm -hmm. understanding how to utilize a digital calendar. (laughs) You know, I fought my husband. We should have done it together, Kim. Oh my gosh. I can have their numbers. I I can teach you and I I know somebody. (laughs) So It, it was amazing because, uh, first of all, my husband got on his knees and thanked them oh, I he did. because I have been fighting the digital calendar yeah. for so long. I'm mm. like, I want a planner. I, know. I want to write this down. Everybody can come into the kitchen and see what's happening. <laughs> I don't want to pick up my phone to put a little date or oh a task God. in there. I do both. I keep a calendar because there's something I don't know. It's there is the, something. It's the there is something it. about. It's like a real book. It I is. Know. Yeah. And then I and then I also put it on the calendar, but the digital calendar. Right. But I still, you know, because I left well, it at your house. You have, <laughs> She's like, Peggy has the craziest schedule. Oh, but I what know. What I want to say yeah. is, as I was yeah. putting this in. I was just, I felt like I was gathering myself. Mm. I just, Mm. I'm gathering myself and I have like this 
container yes. to support me for the creativity my crea- for my creativity and i it was such a spiritual yes experience yeah. and i always had this assumption that mm-hmm. being in this masculine structured side would feel so not spiritual yeah but mm-hmm. i realized this is where my work is yeah it, you know, the creativity has always been there, but you need these structures. You need the structure. Under, yeah. Well, That's so beautiful. often we've operated in a wounded masculine and or a wounded feminine place. Yeah. So the wounded masculine, which is so much of, again, what we've been conditioned for, right? Yeah. Which is force without purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I'm just going to do it just to do it. And it's, and if you think like the to-do list just to get the to-do list done and part of this masculine energy, because we need both for our creations to come to life. The feminine is the flow and the free and the intuitive and which is beautiful, beautiful. And it feels really good. But when you really have a mission to get something done, you have to have the structure, right? If we had all of the waters that are in front of us without the glass, the water would be useless except for to ruin this rug. And so we need to heal that masculine. And when we heal it and we get into that place of divine masculine, that there's a, a purposeful structure for the feminine to be the, the creative feminine to be able to come to life. Mm, and until we can do that, mm, we can't really bring our creations to life. What a, that's mm. such a beautiful analogy. And, you know, and just, and that's the way you just described it is so in, you can internally feel that mm-hmm. because we have both sides of ourselves. Yeah. Right. And, and just, they're both powerful and they're both powerful, but you know, obviously I favor the feminine side with my intuition and everything. But prior to that, I was very much, I mean, I was a real estate broker. So I was very much in the masculine Mm. doing all sorts of things. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when I shifted over, I literally had the download and I was like, okay, you have to go tell Bobby. Like my guides were like, you have to tell Bobby that your brain is changing because your brain Mm. does change the Mm. more you lean on whichever side it is. Yeah. And so I, I needed then to develop the right side of my brain, which is where all the intuition is, right. which meant my left side, all the bookkeeping, all that stuff started to fall away. And I needed to hire somebody for that. Right. Right. And so now what I've been noticing is, is wanting, like Kim, you're now using that masculine side. You've been using your feminine birthing babies, and now you're stepping into that other structure on the masculine side. Mm-hmm. So we're... We're prime for Jen here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's good that you're yeah. here. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I'm really yeah. proud of you. <laughs> All right. Good. It's hard though, because especially that. if you were yeah. operating in a wounded masculine place, it can be, we can be resistant to going yeah. back there mm. because there's our body remembers. You know, like it remembers because if we're too far in the masculine, then it leads to burnout which is where we get adrenal fatigue, where we have hormonal issues, weight gain. Guilty of all that. Right, yeah. we all have. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. when we get that, it's a sign. Wait a second, I need to balance it out. But often what happens is people will then swing way too far in the feminine. And then they're in this flowy, intuitive, I'm just gonna do what I wanna do and phase, which when you're in that phase, you can't get anything done. So you <laughs> actually can't bring your creations to life. So. It's difficult because we have to heal the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine, which goes very deep and especially depends on childhood and can go very deep because we can have traumas that, that hold us in those patterns, the wounded masculine, the wounded feminine, but we have to heal those and come into harmony. And then what we do, which you were just saying, Kim, is that you now know when it's time for the masculine and when it's time to the feminine. It's just a natural flow. Just like you're, think about children. 
you know when it's time to have a structured meal and you know when it's time to go out and play because you intuitively are feeling into them. So this is how we can bring our creations to life is the feminine is the one that receives. The feminine is the one that's in alignment. The feminine is the one that works with the energetics that, that can understand and feel our energetic capacity. The feminine is the one that can feel, ooh, there's something, there's something off here. And then we intuitively know when it's time to bring the masculine in because the masculine plus the feminine is what brings those creations to life and what's, what makes them masterpieces. Wow. Beautiful. Well <laughs> said. I just see this like braiding. It's and literally it. Yeah. And it's, it's not a light switch. Wow. We often think that I have to be really masculine or really feminine, mm-hmm. right? I've got to go into a go mode, a building mode, and then I've got to turn off my feminine, but they're both needed. And so I, that's what I always do. I always do like this braiding, this braiding and this weaving of the two together. And we intuitively know yeah. when to go back and forth, but how often are we disconnected from our intuition and building things? Yeah. Especially if we're chasing something like money or success or power outside of us, then the wounded masculine comes in. How about this? I had a really big struggle. So I was a worker Mm -hmm. for so much of my life out of necessity. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I met James, I was so much a worker. And then I got pregnant with Olivia and I had Olivia and I kept feeling like I have to work. I have to do something. And then I had Joshua and I have to work and I have to do something. But my heart didn't want to. Mm -hmm. My heart just wanted to be with my kids and I didn't give myself permission. So my brain still fought it, fought it, fought it. And I know a lot of people have to work. Mm -hmm. You know, there's survival mode and then there's a mode where I actually can consciously make these decisions. Yeah. Do you help women with that? Because that was that took me three, maybe four children to mm. take the chill pill. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, because there's something driving us that we have to. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yes, I do help people with that because until we can get to the core driver of what's actually forcing that you've got these beautiful babies in front of you and you're in a season where you're where you're loving mom, mm-hmm. until we can get to the core of that. Mm-hmm then we're just going to have that. It's like a, it's a loop that goes on your mind and it causes so much dysregulation with our nervous system. Oh yeah. Because like mm-hmm. your, your feminine, your soul is calling you here. Yeah. And then the conditioning is like, this isn't good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do ABC. Yeah. Like you're running out of time. You're not going to, and it's, it's, it's like two different systems. Mm-hmm. So it's literally like the system that we're meant to be. And then it's like, I think we're like control alt delete you know, like yeah. when on the computer that's just going because it's a, it's literally hardwired in our body. It's hardwired. I had this epiphany. I had this epiphany and I was like, what am I doing? What, what mm-hmm. the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. All I want to do is be with my kids. Why do I keep trying to figure out what I need to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, thinking that that's not enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was the best epiphany perhaps of my life and Mm -hmm. all of my later children really benefited. (laughs) They chose that. You know, listen, we know every child chooses and I have such beautiful, unique relationships with each one, but it was like one of those things where I was like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, and there's so much with society too of this structuring where it also requires it of women sometimes, mm-hmm. even if it's not in their heart, mm-hmm. you know, just like, well, how am I going to feed the children? Mm-hmm. So now I have to work, mm-hmm. even though I don't want to work. Yeah. So, so what do you say to those women? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you say to those women that don't have choice, single yeah. moms, like your mom? Yeah. Yeah that, yeah. that need to do that. How, how would they balance or how would they bring in a tool or something that's going to support them mm-hmm. in being able to, to do that weaving or that braiding mm-hmm. of the feminine and masculine within themselves mm-hmm. for, for real abundance and prosperity and moving towards their life purpose yeah. or being in their life purpose. Yeah. Towards slash being, right? Yeah. 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 Obviously I don't, I don't have children, human children, right? I've got dog children, but I remember when I was driving, it was every single day driving in rush hour to school, to my school and knowing that there was something else and feeling that pull of like, okay, there's something else. And I'm being called to an actual divine purpose in my life, but I have to do this right now. Right. Like I was my husband and I were, we had a very different life back then. And I had to work. I didn't have the luxury of saying that I I could, you know, I could just not, I I had to, I was living paycheck to paycheck and just didn't have a choice. And I remember driving and I was like grasping the steering wheel because there's just so much angst and anxiety within me. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I love the kids. I loved my work, but I, there was something else. And I remember just saying to myself, this download came through that said, where you're at right now are the stepping stones to where you're going. And as much as it's hard, as much as you don't want to work nine to five and then work five to seven thirty, eight o'clock tutoring, and then go home and work nine to 11, trying to figure out what your mission is on this earth. I know that this isn't ideal, but it's temporary. And how can I find the gratitude and the fact that I've got to go and be somewhere from nine, you know, nine to five, nine to four, and realize that that's giving me the money to be able to fuel my dreams. Like it's giving me the experiences and the money to be able to do it. And it was honestly just the sense, I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea what was coming. I had dreams and I really believe that dreams are given to us. And and I really believe that our dreams are given to us because they're our destiny to bring to life. And it was like that sense of hope that there was going to be something else and freedom. Freedom was something that drove me of the freedom to be able to do what I want, when I want, how I want it. And just to be able to truly live my expression. It gave me a a sigh of relief every morning, knowing that that was temporary. And I would literally say to myself, I would repeat it on the entire half hour drive. Thank you so much to this paycheck and this opportunity, because it's giving me the tools and the resources for me to be able to fuel this. And I know in years from now, I'm going to look back and it's going to be a blip in the timeline, but thank you so much for it. And it's like finding the gratitude that we are in that place to support us and where it is that we're going. And that honestly, Mm -hmm. sense of hope was what allowed me to actually find it. I didn't want to drive in rush hour every day. I promised myself that I would never drive in rush hour ever again. But it made me realize that my dreams were possible. And so if we are doing what we're doing, we're there. And I gave, when I walked in that building, I gave it my all, right? Those kids, that school district, like they got my all. And then the moment I left, I shedded it and then I could go do the other things. But it was that, I mean, it's like anything. When we're going through healing, when we're going through difficult times, we have to remember that it's temporary. And our brain and our, you know, our ego, it often makes us feel like that's going to be forever, but we just have to realize it's temporary and let those dreams be the North star and give us that sense of hope that there's something else and we're being guided. And then our job is to listen and take the moves. Now, when we're guided, mm-hmm. going to like chasing versus bringing in, yeah. 
what would be the difference of utilizing something as a North star? Cause a North mm. star is a dream and an end point. Right. Yeah. Um, and a manifest like a place of manifestation on the map, mm-hmm. but that feels so similar to like $10,000. Right. Right. So what's the difference between shooting for the effect and the dream? And how do you help people realize that this North star is their sole mission as opposed to like a destination? Yeah. It's, it's funny because we always we get there and then we realize there's so much more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But it's often like my husband and I, we lived in an RV for a year and we were in the sand dunes on the coast of California, like mid-California. And we would run up the dunes with the dogs and we, was, we were the only ones out there. We would run up the dunes and from that, so like we're running up the sand, right? It's like windy and just ridiculous and we're running up and we're like, let's get to the top, right? Let's see the ocean and the wildflowers from the top only to get to the top and realize now I see the other dunes. And so let's go to that dune. And then you mm. work and you get to the top and you're like, oh. oh my God, there's more dunes. And with every new dune, there's an even more beautiful, miraculous view of the coast. Wow. And and you can see more over here and then you can see whales and then you can see dolphins. And so it's a realizing that this current dune, this current peak is what's pulling me. But I know evolution. I know that that's not the end. I know that I'm not going to get there and stay there. There's going to be another peak that arises. Mm. And there's a difference between the force. I love that you said the force and the power, right? The force is like, I have to get there because this dune is going to give me the memory of my lifetime and this dune's going to be everything versus I'm going to love the journey of going up to the dune and I'm going to actually find, instead of letting a need drive me, I'm going to mm. let this pure feeling of mm-hmm. how could I not climb up this dune, mm. right? So like when we're, when we're doing this with our work, it's not, I need to do this. I need to start the podcast. I need to do the business. It's, this is what's really like is calling me to do this. And I'm going to love the fact that I'm being called to do this and not bring the force, you know, the, the need, the lack that I'm not at the top of the dune yet affect the hike that I go on. But I'm really, truly going to enjoy the fact that this feels good mm. because when we're really on our, like our mission of what we're supposed to do, it should feel good. It should yeah. feel fun building what it is yeah. that we're meant to build. It should feel fun hiking up the mountain. We don't hike just to get to the peak and see the top. You have to actually enjoy hiking. Yeah. So you're, so what I hear you saying is you're, you're following the prompting, Mm -hmm. that internal prompting to go do it. Mm -hmm. And then you're bringing presence to it, which allows you to feel and to take in everything on the journey up to the top of the dune. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's so beautiful. It's reminding me of a story. So we love taking road trips as a family. Mm -hmm. And um, there was there have been many road trips. We love getting in an RV. And I realized that it was a little bit of a drag every time a kid had to use the bathroom. (laughs) And I'm like, well, the road trip is going to be filled with kids needing to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. This is part of a road trip. (laughs) Literally. So are we going to go into this? With pleasure and blossoming, or are we just going to fight this need and then make our kids feel bad about needing to use the bathroom? Yeah. Normal bodily function. So James and I made this decision. Whenever the kids say that they need to use the bathroom, we're going to pull over and we're going to explore wherever that Mm. place is. Oh, wow. And we were... 
leaving LA and just getting out of the, the county and we needed a bathroom break already. <laughs> so we pulled over and we got out and then we said, it was kind of like what you said, the dune, then the dune, then the dune. Okay, let's go explore. So we took a little walk and then we walked a little more and lo and behold, there was this most glorious old train tracks and they were so beautiful. And we took a little old pieces as souvenirs, which I just found outside my barn. And then we went a little further and we found all these really beautiful mushrooms growing. It was so much fun for the kids. And then we went a little further and we came to a rushing river. (laughs) Oh, The most beautiful, (laughs) gorgeous, glorious, rushing river. And we just spent... The afternoon there. Yeah. Wow. And it was amazing. Uh-huh. And then we had this amazing trip, you know, filled with whatever. The things. <laughs> the things. And on our way back, um, the kids had to use the bathroom and we're in the middle of, you know, n- not where we would choose to pull over. Yeah. And we did. And to the left, there was another beautiful river and there were all these... Wow rocks and um we went into the river with our rain boots olivia ended up falling down into the river and her freezing cold water her boot got suctioned to her oh my god wow because it was just so wet and we couldn't pull it oh my god so james was with the other kids and i was trying to desperately pull this off and she was just crying and crying and crying and i looked at her and i said I can't get this food off. <laughs> and she was just bawling. And I said, we need a cookie. <laughs> and I went and I got cookie. us a cookie. And we took a couple breaths. And then we cried until we started laughing. <laughs> and then eventually daddy got that boot off. <laughs> and it just, it reminds me of that because it was like going all in yeah. on mm-hmm. what needs to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like we chose a road trip. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. came into this human body and we chose a journey. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. And you do. You have to have a destination, right? Yeah. So yeah. the destination for us was the road trip. We're actually getting better at having actual, you know, places in mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the destination was getting on the freeway and like having a direction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I just thank you for reminding me of the beauty of that. Yeah. And so like really continue to keep that consciousness and integration because these things that I feel suck sometimes Mm -hmm. are the beauty of life. So true. It's the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. It's like the real... Gems. Ah, You just want to take a breath on that one. I know, right? It's like, uh, drop Ah. in. Yeah, because it's really, it really is the slowing down and being present to your kids who need to pee. Like it's part of the, Mm -hmm. it's my body. It's what I got to do when they're not great at holding it, right? Nor should they be forced to. But the fact that you gave into that and had this beautiful discovery, like that's, that's really magic. Mm -hmm. It's really, it was the most fun trip. (laughs) Right. It was the most fun trip. And actually I'm remembering that wasn't even a, with the boot and everything, that wasn't an RV trip. That wasn't a van. It wasn't a van. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Journey. (laughs) Quite the journey. We were in a journey. We are 
a wild adventurous family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have to be right. We lived in an RV for a year and the first three months of it was, we've got to get here. We've got to get here. And it Mm. was, you know, driving across so many States, just like, no, we've got to get there. We said that we were going to get there by this certain time. And you miss so much life when you're just focused on when we've got your tunnel vision up and I just need to get there. You miss the entire point of getting there because the journey actually determines what it's going to feel like and what it's going to be like when we get to the destination. And so often we think the destination is going to be a certain thing, but if the journey getting there was full of not being present and just focusing on the the destination, what's the point of being there? Yeah. We're certainly not buying an RV (laughs) and getting in an RV so that we can enjoy the RV park parking lot. (laughs) The overchlorinated pool at the RV park. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely not it. That's not why we chose to to do that. (laughs) Little shout out to Catherine's Landing in Arkansas. You guys are awesome. (laughs) I will drive seven hours to get to your destination. I'm not paid. There's a couple good ones. There's There's a couple good ones. Yeah, you sent me to the one in Santa Fe. Yeah. Oh my God, that was incredible. Which one? Uh, no, Sedona. Oh, Sedona. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, Sedona. It was just Sedona. With all the sycamore trees. Yeah. And- right in the right next to the city, you could literally yeah. park your RV and walk into the city. I'll be getting that. You don't even know that it, is, it yeah. exists. It's like hidden. Yeah. It's, and then you walk to the city every day. And then you walk to the, it was amazing. I miss yeah. our RV so much. It has been getting worked on. It's, it's in been Dallas. Gone it's gone for done. a while. Well, oh, yeah, that's the RV now. life though. That's the RV <laughs> life. <laughs> this is true. It's take you six months to get this one. It's true. We went on this huge, long RV trip. We were in it for two months. Mm-hmm. And then we came back, parked it on our basketball pad over yep. here. And we stayed in it. We didn't go into the house. <laughs> yeah. Like we have this whole well, full spread. She's got a bus. Let's yeah. just be clear. Well, it's beautiful. It's a it's a bus, and yeah. we chose to stay in it. Yeah, yeah. I miss it so much. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. Well, we just got back. We had a two and a half week trip in our RV, and it froze. Like that, there was like unexpected snow. Mm. So for two days, everything was frozen. So we couldn't use anything. We had to, you know, walk. And it, it reminded me of being on the ranch. You had to walk to the bathroom. And, and I was like, God's doing this on purpose. So I will get outside and I'm really loving it. And Bobby's freaking out. I'm going, honey, it's going to thaw and everything will be okay. He's like, no, it's going to be broken. I'm like, no, I really like my download is, it's all going to be fine. And it was, everything was fine. Yeah. But for two days we had no water or anything. We had to schlep, but it was, I loved it because the crispy snow, you know, oh, yeah. cr- crunching across to go to the bathroom yeah. and coming back. It brought me back here. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, just- Peggy lived here and it's, it's, uh, she, she definitely is my friend to spend time here because she definitely walked to this bathroom cabin. <laughs> she used to get ready in this, this mirror. This was my bathroom for a minute. <laughs> this was her sink. You know, I love it. It's still kind of it's, your sink. <laughs> in a different way. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's going to stay mine. It's going to stay mine. So it's so funny. But, yeah. but all to say that, that the land, right? Just mm-hmm. being outside in land mm-hmm. is a reset in itself. So true. And really healing and really helping those those parts of ourself that, yeah. as you said, are un, unhealed. Mm-hmm. And so I know that part of my process in healing and leaving LA and breaking up with a family unit, you know, yeah. uh, everybody 
becoming an empty nester mm-hmm. was really hard for me. Yeah. So being here with Kim and all the babies and James, mm. it was such a gift to me. Yeah. Really helped me heal in ways that um, I, I don't know how long it would have taken me otherwise. Because right. I was... I was really like invested in my kids yeah. and just energetically, emotionally, as we all are. Right. Yeah. But then when you're kind of like in the middle of a pandemic, like everything's taken apart. Yeah. And then to be able to come here and be with you guys was like such mm. a gift mm. was really, was really healing. And, um, on both sides of myself, yeah. I would say both the feminine and the masculine and having a big reset. So yeah. thank you. Well, yeah. yeah. And also not long enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I've moved up the road. She moved up the road 15 but, minutes. And I was thinking this morning, like the podcast gets our updates. Yeah. Because we really, you are such a traveler. I was like, we need to, I'm going to invite myself over for dinner. Yeah. Because it's That's true. what I did. Like I've been home. I, you know, I was home two days and I'm leaving in the morning. And it's just, it's like, it's too much. I haven't been there since Christmas season. Oh my God. I haven't either. (laughs) But yes, you can come over anytime and you should. I might just go over there and hang out with your cat. You do a great cat. (laughs) But look what she did. She got us rethinking about our life in a different way about the journey. And now we're laughing. We're recalling memories. We're recalling the beauty in the mundane and even in the hurdles and reflecting on it is time well spent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It's there's, there's so much in there, Mm. right. That if you were like, okay, I need to move from LA and I got to get my own place and I've got to have my own yard. You would have just bypassed, not bypassed, but you would have Two years. I passed. I would right? have bypassed. And we can that. do that. Like, I need this. Yeah. But it's like, no, there's so much here for for us. And that's where the intuition comes in. It's like, no, you need to slow down and stop. This mm-hmm. isn't a time to build. This is a time to to go within. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody during the pandemic did a lot of going in. Absolutely. And 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 unfortunately, there's some people still stuck in that mm-hmm. um that energy inside of themselves, they haven't been able to, to elevate. So hopefully that's why we've created the bathroom chronicles. It's a place for everybody to Mm -hmm. feel and lift elevated so that you can feel the connection that if you didn't have that connection back then you can get the connection now to get you moving and healing in, in the direction that, you know, you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just the, pleasure and sincerity and knowing yeah. you're not alone and that we're all yeah. really yeah. actually on this we're journey. All the same. Yeah. We're, we're actually all the same. Yeah. And I so, so many people are like, what is it like to be married to James Vanderbeek? I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, he's cool. You know? Like human, human to human. People are people are people. Yeah. People are people are people. And that's what this is all about yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we we all have our thing. Yeah. He pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> and he's a hunk. So there's that. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> Probably saves him a lot. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> he's a great oh guy. But you, great guy. you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, Expect, or not even expectations of people think that you, when you have certain things in life, right? A career in film, 
a certain amount of money, a mm-hmm. certain number of downloads. A ranch. Right, a ranch, right? Yeah. A basketball court. Everything's You know, just fine. little things. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In our, in our that you live in. Yeah. You know, there's an assumption. Yeah. You know, and when we do this as society, there's an assumption mm-hmm. that when people have certain things or have made it to a certain level, mm-hmm. that they almost become dehumanized. It's mm-hmm. like glorified. And it's like, when we can just break all that down and realize that we're all people doing all of our own work, healing, coming back home, living, people are people are people. And we can find inspiration in other people versus what's it like to live with them? Or what's it like to be married with them? Yeah. You know? Although I'm fine with the question. I mean, I just think it's <laughs> funny because I'm like, well, I'll break you of your celebrity idealization <laughs> very quickly. You're like, how much time do you have? I will tell you a you couple have. stories yeah. here. Well, and it's not just about him, but just, you know, being post LA. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and naturally celebrities will be in both of our lives because of your line of work. And also it's just a small world when you're mm-hmm. working and that's who you're around. But yeah. yeah, it is true. And then you see very quickly that, oh, these people reached a destination. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought, you know, a lot of people thought that they wanted and yeah. they're still in a journey. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And they're, and they're just, they're real normal people. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, the, the only, you know, how I know that is because they're friends with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah. right, when when you're friends with celebrities, you just understand that the the ones that are real and normal have real and normal friends, mm-hmm. right? This is a really funny conversation we're having. <laughs> to even say the word celebrity is very odd. But, you know, you are. You're somebody in the public eye. Your husband, right? Mm-hmm. As as there are, you know. I, Look, my legs wait, are up in protection. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she literally went into just, a ball it's, it's like the moment the C word came out. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, ah. We're not using that C word. <laughs> Same effect in her body. <laughs> Same Clearly. Just <laughs> watching my Look body language. She's, like, breaking ah. out. She's breaking out in a sweat. <laughs> well, because of the, like, the, well, the constructs and because of the expectations. The system. Or the, 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 the system. The expectations the system. are crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine. Oh, the my system. gosh. You mm-hmm. can't have a bad day or say the wrong thing. Yeah. You or know? be human. You know, because people put you on pedestals, oh, right? God, nobody yeah. puts me on one, honestly. The, the pedestal thing is such a, you know. <laughs> you think. You think. You think. <laughs> I was going to say. But if you did, I want off. Yeah. I want off. Take me off. I'm burning off. this thing down. Just so you know, I've snapped at my kids. I've snapped at my husband. I've said the wrong thing. I've did the wrong thing. I've blown up many times. Oh, you're human. <laughs> It's so true. I mean, when I, yeah. I have red hair feisty now. <laughs> We're true. also our own breed of human. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I love that. Um, but it's true when people have a certain level of success here. I'm going to yeah. use air quotes here because yeah. everyone defines that word different. All of a sudden people start to look at you differently. Like I, when I made my first million dollars in a year, all of a sudden, I mean, these messages I was receiving from people and I would meet people in Austin. And I was like, why are you treating me that way? Like not in a bad way, but like a pedestal. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be on a pedestal just because I've made a certain amount of like that. That's not what I want in this yeah. life. Like I want to make money and have people realize and see that we can be heart centered and soul led and good grounded humans and break the, the paradigm that bad people that people who have a lot of money must be bad people because mm. that's what we've often believed. Yeah. And so it's, it's an interesting, whether it's, it's money, it's fame, it's 
you know, publications, whatever it is there, I think us on the other side of it, you do, we know that we're just people going yeah. through our people things. And I think that some of our, honestly, our deepest work, cause whether we, whether we realize it or not, we're leaders, like you said, like public eye, you know, no matter how big, like you're leaders yeah. and it's, it's our job. And this is what you guys are doing with your podcast, but it's our job and through Instagram, through whatever ways that people can see us to start showing the real and the raw, mm-hmm. because people have this expectation of, I've got to change who I am in order to get that level of success. And we get to show people like, no, you're going to have throw up all over you. You're going <laughs> to fall. You're going to, things are going to break. You're going to lose your shit. Like you're going to lose your mind. Like, cause we're all humans. And just because you're at a certain level of success mm-hmm. doesn't make in any- one area. In well, one area. In, in one area. One area. I have a funny story. So I'm really educated on nutrition and food and things that go in. And also um, I go through phases where I'm very, very strict on it. And I think I need to be and there's seasons for that mm-hmm. and there's deep healing in that. And then I have my times of going off the handle, but you know, I talked a lot about nutrition in with publicly. Yeah. And I had this woman come up to me on the street and she was like, I want you to know, and I've had many women and I, I appreciate all of you for saying, giving me this feedback. It actually gives me a purpose to put my time into something I haven't been getting paid for. So, um, she was like, you know, I want you to know that you saved my husband's life. Wow. You introduced me to, um, all, all this information and we completely changed his diet and mm. he's reinvigorated and it, it's just like, thank you so much. Mm. And now this was on a sidewalk and I was sitting down at a restaurant eating a burger <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her. I'm like, this is an interesting situation <laughs> right now. Cause I would not have recommended you on Instagram to eat the burger. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and yes, the French fries are gone because I ate them all already. <laughs> but my family loves this one place called, Oh my God, how am I not remembering it? The burger lounge the where burger they did lounge. have like organic burgers yeah. Yeah. and you know, all the things. And it was like our treat spot, but it was just a hilarious moment of like, Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't always stick to the rules, girlfriend. I'm glad you do. Well, you know, I think it's for everybody. You know, there's, you need it. Your body's obviously wanting it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. It, well, well, I would say every time we want a food doesn't mean we need the food. It's well, so true. It's true. You, like, it is it's true. so true. So I did use the word need it. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm a meat fan. So. Sorry. Yes, you are. But <laughs> there was a time, though, I will say I was, you know, seven years vegetarian. But I was sick every every month of that, of those seven years. My body yeah. just didn't work for me. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't. Yeah. It was, I was vegetarian for a while, too. Yeah. yeah I, the same. I think, you've, I think really it's such a, and I individual thing. Mm-hmm. And I also think as you, as your internal environment changes, yeah the need changes. Uh-huh. So I think this is part of listening to not one size fits all. It's yeah. like really that sovereignty mm-hmm. is really about honoring where you're at, what you're doing, how your body, what you need, mm-hmm. but the, in the slowing down, not what you want, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. there's a lot of things I want that, you know, don't serve me. <laughs> yeah. But are so good. 
<laughs> so good. But right now, I'm like not drinking wine at all. And it's like, <gasps> okay, I know. It's <laughs> really? Shudder. Yeah. It's been about three weeks. I feel so much better so, when I don't have wine. Personally. Oh, you know, so much better. I just, I just, not that anything's wrong. I was just like, hmm, I'm just, I, it, you know what happened? I was just having drinks like every time I wasn't working, which mm-hmm. isn't a lot because I work a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but true. let's say, you know, maybe four days a week or three yeah. days a week I'd have a glass of wine at night. And I just noticed that I just started to not feel as great. And mm-hmm. then I, oh, I just need a reset. Mm-hmm. And then go back and start to feel my way into how much wine I do want to drink or yeah. not drink. And occasionally if I start to notice that there's one food or food group that I start to overindulge in, I'll just stop it all together mm-hmm. and then slow down. And as you know, I did no fruits and vegetables for like two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Anthony. Anyway. <laughs> I know that gives but, me anxiety. But, but, I, <laughs> but you know, I had done this blood test. We're going way off topic here, but I had done this blood test that was really about like what I was allergic to. I was allergic yeah. to Everything I'd been eating for seven years as a vegetarian, yeah. I was allergic to tomatoes and lettuce and cabbage and all that stuff. And now I'm back, I'm eating all of them without any of the symptoms in my body. Yeah. So there was something that needed to be healed in my mm. gut and did. Mm-hmm. But I think that that feminine side of ourselves that listens and yeah. follows along is so important. And mm-hmm. we can cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are we talking about food for here? Because well, we're in the bathroom. We talk about everything. That's what we do in the bathroom. We're, this podcast is a journey, not a destination. <laughs> we got out of the front door and it led us to food. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Now, do we want to go to clothing since we're in the bathroom? Sweating with my, you're both sweating. shoulder shoulderless and in in hotness with your khakis and green. <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm wearing the same outfit I wore on the last podcast. Andy, I'm so sorry. She calls me every time I'm not wearing something sexy. He's like Kim, you need to be sexier. And so what do we do? So what do we, we do? We just pulled it, we down. Just pulled it down. And now you're on the shoulder club. This is for you, Andy. Oh, my hair probably looks oh, yeah. bad right now. <laughs> oh my also God. for you, Andy. <laughs> I love Andy. She's amazing. Andy's She's got my amazing. best interest in her. And she's right. I should change my outfit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Do my shoulders more, you know, yeah, let yeah. them come out. Yeah. They're great shoulders. You've got great shoulders. Pull them down. Pull them down. <laughs> Thank you. You look gorgeous. How about just one shoulder? There you go. Well, what's comfortable? You, you want to know what's great? This just reminded me. So I, I got, so, thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah, from high school. I had some blisters on my shoulders and they have freckles. Like yeah. all these freckles, and I think freckles are cute. Yeah. I think they're so cute. But when I was a kid, they bothered me so mm. badly. Aww. And it took one boy in high school with all the sincerity, not having a crush on me, saying, oh my gosh, your shoulder freckles are so cute. And it was so sincere. And it Aww. activated something inside my heart where I'm like, mm. my shoulder freckles are cute. Aww, he healed Aww. something with that yeah. remark. That Thank is you. So beautiful. beautiful. I'm not Thanks, saying Noah. I'm not trying to like lighten them sometimes, but they are. <laughs> They are cute. <laughs> I do play the pigmentation game with them. However, I do appreciate them. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways, 
Back to you. Back to Jen. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> okay. I want to know how to make money. So if there's somebody listening who wants to know how to make money, mm-hmm. right? So they want to increase their income. What do you start with? What do you mm-hmm. suggest for them? Mm-hmm. First would be to have an understanding of what our current relationship with money is. Mm. Because so often we have a relationship with money that is based on need and lack. And it's based on hoping that money is going to give us something inside of us. And so first it's understanding our relationship. Are you, are you somebody who makes a bunch of money then spends a bunch of money? And if that's the case is what we were talking about earlier, that you don't, you actually don't have the capacity to be able to hold Hold. money, which Mm -hmm. could be a worthiness, which could be a, you don't have a belief in yourself that you were never good with finance. Like you just, you don't, there's some sort of story that's stopping you from being able to hold it. If you, you know, have a, um, a hoarding problem with money, like you just keep it and hoard it, but you never actually do something with it because money is an energy. It actually does like to flow Mm -hmm. and money can come into our world and then provide us a lot of different things in this world. Our money can go off and you can invest in, it can make little money babies. It can give you, you know, a home, something that you're desiring. But if you've got a problem where you just have a bunch of money, but you're, you're terrified to spend it, well, then there's probably a safety and actually in your root, you're not grounded and safe within yourself. And so you're hoping that more money will make you feel safer. So it's a really big deconstruction and the looking at what's your relationship with money and then why is this my relationship? Do I want this to be my relationship? And, and shifting and healing and disassociating the different parts of us that have that need or lack to money. Mm-hmm. And so that we can really come into a place of purity with money. And then when you make the money, you actually can do what it is that you desire to do with it. So then the second thing is, what's, why do you even want to make money? Right? Like So many people want to make money, but it's like, but why? It's like, well, because I want to make a million dollars, but Why? to like put it in your Instagram bio or like, like, why do you want to make money? You know, do you want to make money because you want to shift the generational future of your family? Different driver than I just want a certain amount of money in your bank account. So it's really getting clear on the desire as to why it's even there and supporting yourself and making it come into a pure place, right? It's like saying, I want to have a husband. Okay, but why? Because yeah. I'm lonely and I mm-hmm. don't like spending time with myself. You know, it probably won't be there for the long term. You know, if there's a codependency on it, then it's probably not going to be the beautiful divine marriage that you want it to be. And so those would be the first two is really looking at the internal world with money, which is one of the most difficult things to do. We know the internal world's a beautiful world, but it's hard for people because it's scary, mm-hmm. right? It's, I don't know what I'm going to impact once I get in there. And then from there, The second piece of that, or we could call it simultaneously at the same time, is making money in a way that feels good to you, that Mm. you feel like you're living your purpose. Like I really believe that when we're living our purpose and we've got the avenues, the structure, right? Because if you think money's an energy, it's kind of like the water, right? It's, It's everywhere. It's flowing all of the time. But do we have the structures for the money to come into our world? Do we have the revenue streams? Do we have the platforms? Do we have the back end? Do we have all the structures for that money to be able to come in? And then it's a different game. Then it's learning business, marketing, and sales. And that's a that's more of the masculine game. But a lot of people want to start there mm-hmm. and then wonder why that's not working. Like they feel like they're mm. throwing noodles at the wall. Like, okay, well, I'm marketing. I'm on Instagram. I'm building the brand. I've got all these things. I've got the revenue streams, but why is it not working? And it's typically because you miss the first two steps. So that's where yeah. I would, in, in the very big, the very, it's a very complex answer, but that's where I would start. Yeah, right. With, the, with your valuing of yourself, mm-hmm. self-love, 
valuing, understanding your own um, wounds yeah. or lack. Lack, need. Yeah. A, a lot of us yeah. have these. Yeah. You know, a lot of people want to make money because the lack of money is driving them to want to make money. Mm-hmm. And we know that the energy of lack is a very dense energy. And it's not typically going to create magic, right? The yeah, way where yeah. we're coming from the energy of lack. And as you say that, my so how in my world, how uh, when people talk about financial lack, mm. it shows up in their back. Like mm. as soon as you start talking about that, my whole low back just started to hurt. So mm-hmm. I can, so if you're out there listening mm. to this and all of a sudden you starting to have back pain, yeah. it's not because you just threw your back out yeah. it's because we're talking about money yeah. and, and you being able to handle a certain mm. amount of money mm. or feeling pressure to make a certain amount yeah. of money. Right and when, yeah. Right there. And when you heal that, you don't, you won't, your back pain will go away. Literally. It literally goes away. Yeah. Or a lot of times when I, when I do this work, I feel it in my solar plexus Mm. and it's almost like a, when I'm working with women, it's like a, like a nausea, like an empty nausea, but like almost like an itch that like, you just can't get relief Mm. when you scratch it. That's where your personal power is. The solar plexus, right? Right there. And so we often are in a place of lack and we think that the money is going to give us the power or the recognition Mm -hmm. and it doesn't. And so- that area is really, really important to stay in tune with as well. Yeah, to be connected to that. Mm-hmm. I can feel that as you're talking about going up the esophagus and all the way up and out because now you're speaking about yourself. And so that's the other thing, right? 100%. Like watch your words and your mm-hmm. language around money, mm-hmm. you know? And and I remember, gosh, one of the very first times um, Donna Karen is a, you know, she's given me a testimonial. So, you know, you know, I work with her. And, <laughs> and many years ago, she was like, well, how much was the session? Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell her what the session was. And I, I like choked on it and got teared up. She oh. looked at me like, you okay? <laughs> you know, it was so hard for me to say at the time it might've been $500, but just to let those words fall out of my mouth, I was so uncomfortable. And I literally teared up mm-hmm. because of my value of like, wow, $500 is a lot of money. And so mm-hmm. this was probably 20 years ago. And, um, and just my feeling yeah. of value to be able to say that and yeah. then be able to receive it. I literally choked on the words. Yeah. And so it was such a disconnect from being able to receive my value. Mm-hmm. And she had no problem, you know, obviously paying me yeah. um, or setting up the appointment because she knew what it was. But for me to actually then have to say really yeah. what, what I charge and how much it is, it took me a really, really, really long time. I would yeah. say just in the last couple of years, do I really feel comfortable? And my rates haven't changed in... I want to say like 14 years. Mm-hmm. I've still been charging the same amount. And, um, but it's just one of those things that you have like notice inside of yourself yeah. when you're, when you're saying out loud what you do or who you are, or how much you charge, notice if there's a charge in your body. Yeah. So if there's a charge in your body, there's something off mm-hmm. or a wound there that needs to like, you need to be examined, yeah. slow down, connect with it, ask what it, what it needs. Yeah. And if there's a memory that comes up, then mm-hmm. that's an understanding like, wow, I have that, maybe that was passed down to me. Yeah. Maybe it's not even yours. Maybe it's a belief system from a, a parent mm-hmm. or a teacher or somebody else that yeah. limited you. Yeah. So it's it's such beautiful, deep work yeah. to, to uncover and reveal mm-hmm. these parts of ourselves. Well, and it's so powerful because how often when you're, before you're conscious enough to manage your own money, were you actually taught anything about money? And even if you were taught about money, it was probably taught in an old paradigm constricted way. 
And so this is why I think the money work is so powerful. Yeah. We, we kind of want to avoid it, but it's like, often when you get to the root of it, you're like, this is my grandpa's <laughs> who was alive during the great depression and passed it to my dad's. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. And it actually can be really powerful to understand like, whoa, when my mom was living paycheck to paycheck and getting stressed over her balancing her checkbook, I felt like I wasn't worthy because she was sad about the lack of money. And so I felt like I wasn't worthy to have my desires. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this isn't mine. This is my mom's and it's held in my left ovary. Mm-hmm. And we can start mm-hmm. to find these parts. And, and literally often with money, very seldom does it actually come from us because yeah. we were never taught financial power. We were never taught the truth of money. Like we were never taught that we can make money by doing what we love and changing this world. And so often when we're trying to make the money and we're trying to just like shove on top of these belief systems that are like really deep held in our body, we're not going to be able to get there without uncovering. It's like, I think about we're planting right now. And until we go in and we turn the soil, Mm. we not going to be able to put what we want in there to flourish and grow. And so I think it's really powerful work. And, and so much of that, when, when we're working with these, right, these bottom chakras, it's actually all stopping the heart from being able to lead, mm, right? Yeah. And until we can really work through that and then open up the heart, when we, the frequency of love is the highest frequency that there is. Yeah. And so when we really truly can do that healing work and open up that heart and let that love come in, right? If, if there's any darkness, how do you heal it? Through the light, through the love, and then let yourself speak and receive and channel through that place. That's the keys to abundance within us. And like, we know this as above, so below, as within, so without. We'll start thinking about that with money, right? If I physically want more money, like physical money in my life, in my bank account, as within, so without. So what's within, money is the byproduct. Success is the byproduct. And so if we want the byproduct, we've got to go within and become that woman, become that leader, become that channel, become that source and do that inner work so that we can get it without and not feel guilty about it. We have desires. We want to go on trips. We want to go do, live in the house. Like we have desires as human. We are meant to have desires. We came here to see how cool this human experience is and to learn a lot of lessons. And it's okay to say, I want massive amounts of money. And we can say that from a pure place. Yeah. Yeah. I have a request of you as you're talking. I cannot shake it because you say we were not taught. Mm -hmm. Can you please come up with a video series or Mm. a course or like have an afternoon in my barn (laughs) with children? Yeah. Bring it back to young again. Yeah. Because there's a book there. I have had Olivia. It's been and, a download. Okay. <laughs> like, of course you picked up. Yes. <laughs> well, I've had Olivia and Joshua take a course on the the beginnings of the banking system yeah. and talk about credit cards and and all of that. But we, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just gonna say this out loud. I do not know how to teach my kids about money. Yeah. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. And this is one area where I'm like, okay, each kid has their safe. Mm-hmm. You have money. Do I open up an account with you? How do I talk about it energetically? I'm yeah. I'm actually really clueless. Here. Yeah, yeah. And you're not. <laughs> yeah. Well, given that she's a you. teacher too, she's got all of that knowledge. What yeah. we used yeah. back in the day, and I don't know. 
uh, how viable it is now was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he had a game for children. Mm. And so we used his teachings, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for kids to help, you know, educate our, educate our kids when they were little. And then, but for ourselves, we, we used, I don't know if you know the book, um, Your Money or Your Life. Mm-mm. It's a, it's such an amazing book and mm-hmm. it talks about money as energy Yeah, and it talks about also validating how much energy, how much money you've manifested. If yeah. you stop and look and no matter what your age is, you'll be astounded at how much money you've actually made already. Yeah. And right? how much do you have in savings though? Well, but, to buy but, the thing but that to, you want. But just to start first with the valuing of yourself. Look yeah. what you've already done. Yeah. Look how much money you've already manifested. And then yeah. we can talk about the about the why you don't mm-hmm. have it. Right. And then look mm-hmm. at those deeper things. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, those are great tools, but you have a perspective that's not been shared mm-hmm. that really needs to be shared. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, as you said, your entire journey has led you up to where you are now. Yeah. And I hope the book comes out soon, whatever <laughs> it is, video series. I'll, I'll whip it up. Yeah. Whip it up. Come to the barn. We'll have Daniel film it. (laughs) (laughs) He's down for it. Uh, Yeah. But it's true. I mean, thank you for saying that because it does start. I just smelled oil. Do you know what that means? No. Oil is money. Oil is money. I smell oil. Do you smell oil too? We just were having a psychic moment. No, that's actually oil. (laughs) (laughs) Oil. But it's coming forward right now. But it's coming forward right now, whether moment. it is outside. <laughs> She's like, no, it's my car, actually. <laughs> but it's um, the timing. I don't know, but I have psychic, I smell things. So you guys are all smelling it too. So maybe, but anyway, all to be said. I don't smell it. It's, she doesn't smell it. It's all about hitting oil, yeah. pay dirt, right? Like mm-hmm. money. So, okay, now <laughs> one of them has got to go outside and I look. I can't smell it anymore. And I, I'm wondering if I just had the same psychic. I'm telling you. You probably picked up on hers. You probably picked up on, yeah. I am an yeah. antenna. Yeah. And you're an antenna. I'm an yeah. antenna. So I'm we, aware of this. So we are. <laughs> yeah. If she wasn't before, she is now. Yeah. And uh, aware, meaning. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so you can mm. have psychic kids. So that was just, I had to call that out because yeah. I love that. that's a golden idea. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. That's going to make a difference for a lot of people to mm-hmm. strike oil. It's so true. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna leave the podcast and go. Okay, well, okay. somebody outside on the ranch <laughs> digging. Maybe you struck oil, Kim. Would that be great? <laughs> but let's make money okay. other ways than oil. Yeah. Kids, kids, children. Okay. Okay, and also now, let's not go down that path. <laughs> Jesus. Speaking of Texas, pay. will never have us back. <laughs> Speaking of Peggy, as an antenna. <laughs> We have a segment we call Ask Peggy. Mm. And so do you have any questions that you would like to ask Peggy? It can be nothing to do with our conversation today or everything to do with our conversation today. Um, But if you have one, you're welcome to Mm, it. You don't even have to pay. She doesn't even have to pay (laughs) how much it is. So now you've got a free session with Peggy. (laughs) I feel like we all just had a free session with Jenna. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, exactly. I ask Peggy a lot of questions too. I'm like, what's coming through right now? Mm. Mm. Okay. And the theme of the podcast, right? You have supported me so much in developing. (laughs) We sat down one night and I told Peggy, I said, you know, how do I get to do what you do? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, like your psychic stuff, you know? She's like, what are you talking about? You're such a channel. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, 
I think you call me dumb or an idiot, like in a loving <laughs> way. You're like, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. You are literally. And she explained to me different things that I do after knowing you for, you know, a year and a half now, almost that make me, I'm like, oh my God, I've like you, like you said, when with you, you're like, yeah, now, you know, you have it. Right. Yeah. And so for anyone listening and knowing that we can become successful in our soul aligned ways, right. How do you think that unlocking our, our intuitive or psychic gifts can support people in finding their mission in this planet? Hmm. Okay. So say that last part again. Like, How can they- you are so good at helping people understand that they are intuitively connected and, and right. have psychic abilities. So how does that how does how, that line up to helping them find their soul's mission? Yes. How can you help people? If someone's listening and they're like, I know that I've got that, like the ability to smell or and so, helping them. That's so funny. So two things I want to say. First of all, my brain went to my book, which is called The Little Book of Big Promises, which really mm. helps you uncover your soul's plan. So good. It really helps you find your intuition, use nine of your life events to reveal the path you were meant to live, mm. your purpose. So- Wow, I just did a little marketing piece on myself. That's unusual. Okay, we did so not plan that. that. Okay, <laughs> we did not plan that. Okay, so now, thank you, spirit. So now, let me see um, another answer. Well, because you're you're really going in and you're getting to know yourself, you're revealing a deeper understanding of who you are. So the intuition, when you open up the intuition, it helps you feel more deeply. It just helps you feel more deeply. So when you feel and you're talking to somebody and a feeling comes up right? You're now having a deeper awareness of what's going on is now you go, is that my feeling or is that their feeling? Is that pain in my body, my pain or their pain? So then you start to inquire about that. Oh, that's my pain. And it's coming from X, Y, Z or no, that's Jen's pain. So Mm. you, so it's a deeper revealing. The more you get down with intuition, the deeper understanding you have about how you're wired, what's going on in your life, what's, um, what's in the way of preventing you from revealing because mm-hmm. it's really deeply revealing mm-hmm. about who you are and what you're meant to do. So, um, so your process comes from your learning. Your process comes from your evolution. This is for all of us. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your own intuitive guidance system is already there. And when you're listening and you're following it and you're opening up, you'll naturally feel, oh, I'm, this scares me or that scares me. And then you work on that fear and it opens up to the next thing. And all those things you were afraid of that you discovered about yourself are the things that you are now learning and teaching others about, mm. right? Yours is a perfect example of it. All of us are perfect examples. I was terrified of feeling things as a child. And what do I do? I teach people how to fucking feel, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> all of it, right? Yeah. So what? look to your childhood. What were you afraid of? What were you concerned about? Or mm-hmm. what your passions were as a child? They both lead the same direction. Mm-hmm. I also love seances, right? As a kid. So mm-hmm. they both led me here. I know, isn't that wild? Well, I could well. see you as a kid. I could literally, I just got a, literally a flash of you in your bedroom. <laughs> I never did them alone. I'm not dumb. I was scared. <laughs> But I'm saying I had no choice. Both my fears and my Mm. passions, my curiosities led me to who I am today. So if you step back and you look at both your fears and your passions, they're going to lead you to, and, and you work with them. 
you know, whatever you're afraid of, stop, look at it head on. Mm-hmm. And, and if you need support around it, get support around it, mm-hmm. right? And, and move forward through that fear. Some people are afraid of money. Mm-hmm. They're terrified of money, right? Mm-hmm. And so look and see what it's about. And that and your intuition is imperative. And it's already there. You all are already connected to your intuition. Mm-hmm. It's there, you know it. It's sometimes it feels hit or miss and that's okay. But in that process of discovering your strongest sense, mm-hmm. it's going to unlock those blocks in us mm-hmm. and all each of those lead to your passions. Mm-hmm. So I think the easiest answer is when you look like when you go back and you're a kid, you look at the passion and you look at the fear mm-hmm. and let them both drive you. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Yeah, that was a really good question. It was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you were talking, I, it's, I was like shown flashes of different parts of my life that I didn't realize that's led me here. Wow. Of like taking things out of the grocery cart because I was scared that we, we wouldn't be able to afford them. Right? right. Or like wanting to be a cheerleader. But my mom's like, do you not understand how much those uniforms cost? Like wanting to do something, but knowing that money. Right. And like when I first started making money, like being in credit card debt, I thought, when I learned what a credit card was, I thought it was God's gift to the earth because you could just spend money that you didn't have. Like I didn't understand interest rates, like none of it. So yeah. I just had years of credit card debt and I literally didn't understand wow. that it was a bad thing. Wow. Everything informed you. So yeah. now you can really be there for your clients because yeah. you went through all that. Thank you so much for taking time with us. Oh. It was so much fun, so informative. And I, I feel a little rewired already. Mm, Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. We didn't know where this conversation was going to go and it went everywhere that it needed to go. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Even I didn't know where it was going. Always, always. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I really love your wisdom and um, thanks for sharing it. It was helpful. Thank you. I've loved you guys. You guys are epic interviewers. And I love the the mission of the Bathroom Chronicles. Thank You you. Like, you said you felt rewired and it's an honor to hear that. But also when everyone's listening to your, you, you two and your wisdom and everyone that you bring on, like you're rewiring through the wires, you know, mm. through the phone, through the mm. stereo system. So all of us coming together to do the rewiring. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're all leveling up together. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you.